good morning and welcome to VSA Capital 5-Minute Morning Miner on Monday the 22nd of January. Hopefully you haven't been blown away by the strong winds, it's warmed up a little bit. And uh, I think as we know, Paul is on holiday, Ollie has actually gone off to Cambodia to a wedding. So I'm delighted that we've got Alison Turner, the CEO or the fund manager at VSA Capital Asset Management. Morning, Alison. Good morning, Andrew. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. Good. Love having a little chat with you. Now, uh, when we chat with you, I, I prefer to talk about some of your views, really, because that's what's um, what's interesting. But I better just quickly run through some of the news today, because there has been a little bit of news. Um, so we had actually South 32 had a, a trading update uh, where actually uh, things sort of look um, pretty good in their in their last few quarters. Um, most of these majors are still driving out costs. Um, and acknowledge that the short-term environment is still quite tough. But I'd say the South 32 actually wasn't bad. Um, clean tech lithium, uh, which is um, a lithium company we, we rather like down in Chile, uh, doing DLE. Uh, they've just had an update on, on their uh, drilling. Um, there's, a, there's a lot going on at clean tech lithium, actually. So if people are interested in clean tech lithium, do give us a shout. Um, then we also had... Um, Vast Resources signed a three-year marketing agreement with a Swiss investment company uh, for the exclusive distribution of high-grade PGM concentrates. Uh, what that really means, uh, produced within the EU, by the way, well, that really is a revenue stream for, for Vast, which helps them out a little bit. Uh, we also had Endeavor Mining, uh, where they actually said they're trading up their significant growth in 2024 with robust shareholder returns. So that was um, pretty impressive. Um, that was a very up upbeat one. Uh, and then also worth mentioning that Pan African also had a trading update, update uh, which was or operational update, whatever you want to call it. Uh, all of that was pretty much in line. So I think that runs through uh, most of the actual mining stocks that were reporting this morning. Um, actually, Sol Gold also gave an update, um, but I'm not going to delve into that one particularly. Um, right, Alison, why don't we just kick off? Um, well, actually, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll kick off because it's it's next week is is well next week some not next week it's two weeks time is mining in Dubbo, uh, but I know I'm going down next week to Joburg first. But when we go down there, what do, what do you think the mood at mining in Dubbo will be, and what what do you think people will be looking for? In fact, you're coming as well. So, what are you looking out for? Um, so I think where we are, we've maybe been feeling a little cautious and. Um, not making a lot of investments in the junior space, particularly where juniors require funding. Um, but I think what I will be doing at Mining in Daba is really trying to um, seek out the things that I may be investing in in a year's time when the cycle is really looking like turning. So for me, it's about kind of early, you know, introductory, getting to know some people and seeing some new stuff. Um, and I think I did say to you, we've been looking a bit earlier stage than we had previously. You know, we previously wanted to really see resources in the ground. And um, I've, I've slightly changed my view on that and become a bit more risk tolerant about people that are going out there and doing some exploration. So I'll be looking a bit more at that as well. Actually, that is quite interesting because I think if you're looking that way, do you think the majors may start to look that way as well? 
Well, I think the majors have been very cautious this whole cycle. You know, I think the cycle was sort of slightly interrupted in the middle of it, just as commodity prices were kind of peaking. We hit COVID, which was, you know, unexpected and sort of outside the normal business cycle. And so quite a lot of the capital investment and, and the, um, you know, the kind of what normally happens late cycle, the majors are buying things and building things and really kind of get, kind of out there. Quite a lot of that didn't really happen. Um, and so they've got quite thin pipelines on the whole of new projects and growth prospects. So I think there will come a time when they're looking, you know, is that now, is that in a couple of years time? I, I, I don't know when that, when that happens, but certainly the majors will need to invest again. I mean, the contrary argument, of course, is the major shareholders have turned around to them and said, look, actually, what we want you to do is squeeze the pips out of your costs and just keep returning cash to shareholders. Um, we need that to change as well. Until you start to see that actually production must come off because we've squeezed the pips on cost and now we're not investing in growth or replacement. And so, oh, whoops, we've actually got a declining you know, volume profile. I don't think shareholders are going to want to see that. You know, these aren't cash cars. Let's just run them to the end of their lives. They cash cows, we sort of assume that they keep going forever, but they don't keep going forever unless you build the next thing. I mean, that, that is the problem, isn't it? Is that, you know, you can even have yields going right up. But if you've got a, a, a life of mine that w really will run out at some stage, there really is no point just, just running it for cash, is there? I mean, I think that's a, a problem that Central Asian Metals has got to a certain extent, is that people can see that. And that's why it's yielding like 11%, because people are saying, well, unless you go out and replenish... Coonrad, which obviously does have a, a, a lifetime that's slowly diminishing, um, what, what are we left with? So it is a problem that all sort of producing companies have, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think, you know, we see that very particularly in the gold sector, um, where the life, you know, it's not at all unusual to build a gold mine with a life of mine of 10 years. For some reason, in kind of base metals, the majors tend to go for like 20, 30 year lives. You know, not all of their assets will have that because some of them have been going for, for a good long while already. But, you know, they, they tend to start off with a, a larger uh, thing that has kind of that kind of longevity. But in the gold space, definitely, you know, it's not at all unusual to see an average life of mine across a portfolio of maybe eight years, you know. so And that goes by pretty quickly. You know, you only got a year or two down the line and then you're starting to look towards, oh, oh hang on. It's coming off quite soon. So I think it's something that we're pretty cognizant of. And we have had a few bids in, in the gold sector, haven't we? So, I mean, you know, we could obviously see more maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the, 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 the spaces that have been more active has been gold, uh, lithium, uh, copper to some extent. So, you know, there have been pockets where you have seen that kind of activity, but certainly hasn't been across the board. Um, and, and perhaps surprisingly, you know, you haven't seen the majors really step out into some of the transition metals, you know, the lithiums or vanadium or, you know, graphite. You know, you haven't seen them sort of move into those new energy minerals really at all. No. Is that because they, they don't see the projects as, as large enough? Um, or do they still feel they're too niche or still aren't convinced they're going to happen? I mean, there's some pretty big lithium projects out there that they could have gone and done something with. I mean, you know, Rio has obviously got uh, their project, which unfortunately is a, a JADA, which is stalled. But I mean, we know they've got an interest there. I really don't know what they're thinking is. You know, they. Um, I think they've kind of... It's unfamiliar territory. They're not sure how the commodity trades. You know, they... they are industrial metals that you know trade 
sort of um, company to company. They're not an open market where you can just see the price and that's the price you get. And and they may be less comfortable with that. They're less comfortable with some of the technologies, you know, that they haven't worked with before. But I think there's kind of some of that is like this isn't really our core game. We don't know it well, so we must be cautious. Um, and, yeah. and I think to some extent they've convinced the market that we can play this whole theme through copper, which we know and love. So we don't have to go and like, you know, worry about these niche things that we don't really understand because we understand copper and everything needs copper. So we can just do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, bearing in mind, you've got still got a bit of a South African accent, Alison. Uh, Sabanya, which is one of your majors down there, I mean, they are diversifying into a lot of these uh, niche metals quite well I'm going to say quite successful they're, they're making some quite good acquisitions and developing in them uh, lithium yeah. in Finland and that sort of thing and they're also going downstream a bit I mean do you think they're a leader of the pack I think I, I think they have made a very bold move you know and I think it remains to be seen how that's going to play out for them I think unluckily for them they've done it at a point in the cycle where um, the margins on the PGM side have just contracted gone negative basically you know so um they sort of up against it a little bit in terms of balance sheet and stuff which is going to it's just difficult timing you know so we kind of we're making these bold moves but oh hang on like our actual core business is is struggling a bit um so i think that's going to complicate their story a bit all right this is the five minute morning mine i'm going to ask you one more question um because i know that you've been right and i've been wrong so that gives you a nice little intro and you can probably work out what it is now but where are we on lithium? You know, the price is up at 106. You look at the chart, it's one hell of a spike and it normally comes back down again. There's an interesting article in, in the FT today talking about how actually the, the squeeze on the price reflects a lot about the processing rather than the actual amount of commodity. And we know there's, uh, it actually in the article, it suggests that uh, the USA has been stockpiling uranium. And we know that people like Sprott sit on so much, it's absurd. But then you've also got yellow cake sitting on quite a lot, although they do trade it a bit. Where are we in uranium right now at 106? Do you still see it going higher or is this a spike and we're going to settle back down again in 12 months' time? So, you know, is this a spike? I think, you know, clearly it's a spike and it's moved very fast, very quickly. However, for the price to actually turn and make its way back down, you would need supply to come on that exceeds demand. And you're not seeing that. Not this year, not next year, not the year after that. You know, there's not actually a catalyst that to turn because the fundamentals have not turned the market is fundamentally short uranium still um and so you know i think given that it can go higher well on that note i mean i have to say i'm i'm cautious myself um but we'll call it a day on there uh alison i think paul is back tomorrow but if any chance he isn't then i'm going to invite you on again all right super and good by the way if anybody listening to this, you know, is interested in, in meeting Alison and hearing about her fund, maybe even putting more money into her fund, uh, then do let us know because um, yeah, it'd be great if you could actually, you've actually, you've done well recently, Alison, haven't you? You've actually grown the fund quite significantly, uh, but we always want to grow it even more. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Alison. All right. Bye. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.